0: He
1: Welcome in to the NSFW Dynasty Podcast. We are in episode eleven. We got the full crew today. We might have uh, some surprises later. Uh, Week six is in the books, and uh, you got the whole crew. You got your host Dave
2: Reed uh, and my co-host Ryan Wilkerson and Joey Gallo. Hey everyone. Yeah, good, uh, good pod last week, guys, and uh, happy to be back on for this week's. That's right. Uh, as I mentioned, got a lot to go through. Uh, we're going to
1: try to jam-pack this pot in. Hopefully it's not too long, but it might be a bit of a marathon. Uh, but we got our weekly awards, we got our power rankings, and as I mentioned, potentially special guests with a new segment. But with that being said, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, this past week, uh, quite a lot of injuries. That was one of the themes uh, of this of week six. Uh, running through those real quick. Justin Fields, sprained his thumb, he is out for week seven. Uh, David Montgomery uh, hurt his ribs; he's probably going to miss a couple weeks. Kyron Williams had his ankle, probably missing a couple weeks. Anthony, Anthony Richardson, quarterback for the Colts, had season-ending shul- soldier, uh, shoulder injury. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has an oblique; we're not sure if he's going to play Monday night yet. Uh, probably won't miss more than just a week, but and he might play Monday, but we'll see. Debo similar situation with his shoulder. Tannehill had a high ankle sprain; they're on bye, but. May miss some weeks after that. Uh, not that he was giving you much anyway, but uh, it's good to note. If, I don't think the offense improves with him out. Uh, Devontae Smith, uh, just keep an eye on. He missed practice yesterday on Wednesday with a hamstring. He was upgraded today on Thursday, but something to keep an eye on. Jimmy Garoppolo had his back. He's out this week. We'll see if he misses multiple weeks. And Trevor Lawrence did hurt his knee, but he's currently playing right now as we are recording during Thursday Night Football. Uh, looks decent, but at per usual, not throwing touchdowns, ETN stealing them all. Um, but what uh, what do those injuries stick out to you guys, who you think are the most impactful?
3: Yeah, the only one that really hurts, I think, is Kyron Williams. He uh, was having a great season. I thought it was just more of a sprained ankle. Maybe he'd miss a week, but... Uh, it was said that he was spotted with a cast on today and had to use a scooter to get around. So it sounds like he might be out for a while, which hurts. And then uh, Anthony Richardson, I just you know feel bad for someone that goes down for
2: the season um, that early in their career. Yeah, for me, I mean, I know it's kind of been a, a running, a running joke, but the fact that team Scott Rappasati has his two quarterbacks, Tannehill and Jimmy G both on this list and uh, the theme that as was in the draft season preseason early season of, of uh, his team's quarterback troubles seem to continue unfortunately but yeah outside of that we'll see what happens um, with the Kyron Williams situation um, they're saying through the bye which gives him four weeks I don't love the thought of uh, him needing to be in a cast but We'll see. We'll see what, the, what, what happens with the opportunity there in, in his absence.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, Monty also hurts me a little bit. He was uh, looking like a top 12, and I still think we'll be a top 12 when he's back. But it was just nice seeing him get all that work and build that momentum. So it kind of stinks to see uh, him get injured. And Fields, that one I think actually could be most impactful because – his uh, the thing with him is he wasn't able to throw or pass the ball. Then for a couple of weeks it looks like he could pass the ball, and DJ DJ Moore was big. And this is uh, his thumb; it was sprained or dislocated in the game uh, on his throwing hand. So we'll see how that impacts him rest of the season. Um, the other theme on the week was uh, some underdogs were coming up big, which in surprise performances, some of that meant that some of the studs that you on your fantasy have maybe underperformed. There are other teams or more so their defensive units stepped up. So uh, the Jets ended up being the Eagles, uh, which we've all been saying the Eagles haven't looked as strong, and the Jets D stepped up. Uh, weird to see Zach Wilson beat, uh, beat Jalen Hurts, but so be it. The Browns, with a backup quarterback, beat the uh, 49ers, so both undefeated teams went down. And the Giants almost... Beat the Bills, but not quite because we're the Giants. Um, but moving forward, we're going to get try to get through this, spot. We're going to jump into our weekly awards. So with that being said, we're going to jump into the first award. As you know it, each week we do the Smash Williams Award. And uh, why don't Joe, you kick us off with this one.
2: Yeah, so I'm, I wouldn't say this guy actually smashed, but I want to give him – I wanted to bring his name up with some recognition. And I'm going to go with Cooper Cup, who – Appears to look great, appears to look like he's picking up right where he left off with his chemistry with Matt Stafford. Um, there was a lot of conversation um, about whether his the injury, the missed time due to the injury and Pukunuku getting so involved in his absence would have an impact once Cup came back um and there were even worries in the preseason i had worries as an owner in the preseason about how competitive of a team the rams were going to be and if matt stafford himself could stay healthy but the team's looking good stafford's looking good they're going to be competing for a playoff spot and cup looks looks like he looked last year he looks fantastic he had 12 targets two weeks ago nine targets this past week over 100 yards both weeks caught a touchdown this past week so I, i think You know, if you're looking rest of season, uh, you know, Cooper Cup is in is going to be I don't know that there's one or two other wide receivers that I personally would want more. Uh, Totally agree. Cup, he
1: uh, he looked like a cheat code in the past and he's looking like that again at the wide receiver uh, position. What about you, Rydocks?
3: Yeah, I got to agree as
1: well. Uh, I
3: don't know if there really was a Smash Williams in week six, but I'm giving the award to Amon Ross St. Brown. He had 12 catches on 15 targets for 124 yards and touchdown. Not super sexy, not a huge fantasy explosion, but I feel like there weren't a ton of them in week six. So having him on your fantasy team probably helped you get a win. Um, and then just to echo Joe, um, it is good to see cut back and at full strength and Taken, you know, right off from where he left, so it's good to have him back.
1: Love the song, guy, but I don't, I don't know what you mean, no, uh, Smash wins, because my boy uh, Raheem Mostert, the RB one of the week, was certainly smashing, and like maybe it's because he's an old player, not as sexy, uh, especially at 31 years at the RB position, but he is. My God, he's looking like a stud this year. He was someone that you like, – Dynasty he was probably just like hanging out on your bench you weren't really thinking much about, but you found gold because he dropped nearly 33 points on opponents this past week uh, on 17 carries for 115 yards and two touchdowns, had another three uh, reception and three targets for 17 and a third score, and that's only his second-best performance on the year. Uh, he is the RB2 in the year, and he's leading the league with 11 touchdowns. He He – May have won the He's All That Award, which we'll get into for this week. Now, in a previous week, because you weren't expecting this out of him, but he is a bona fide stud this year. Um, if you're a rebuilding team and you happen to have him on your roster, you make sure you cash in and get that. Uh, and if you're honestly contending team, go get Moster because he is going to be a solid, solid piece. And, uh, and especially in Dynasty, when it's hard to get, like, stud running backs, this guy has been stepping up. So that is my smash plans for uh, for week six. It's expected from him. That's why it's uh, that's why it's not a smash. Now it's expected. Uh, yeah, he's dominating. You have CMC and then Mostert is like literally the next guy you can count on. It's pretty crazy. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was uh, looking at odds to score one touchdown, to score two touchdowns in that game because I had the thought of, oh, you know, like it has got to be like a lock for two touchdowns. Maybe I can get, you know, like six or seven to it's like plus two fifty, plus three hundred yeah. for Mostert to score twice. So, uh, you know, Vegas knows the odds makers know, and he's if he stays healthy, he'll he'll almost be a lock to score every single week the rest of the season.
1: I mean, eleven I touchdowns in that. six weeks is crazy. Like yeah. you, yeah. if if you knew he'd finish the year with eleven touchdowns, you'd be pumped.
2: Six weeks, he's got it. It's nuts. I, I will say the one thing is he. He smashed more before HN uh, kind of hit, and I, I would imagine when HN comes back from the IR, then Mostert will take a, a little bit of a hit again uh, because they're they're both dynamic backs and they obviously are going to share the load. Um, so enjoy the ride until HN's back, and then you'll just have to share the you know, three running back touchdowns a game with some of the other guys there.
1: Yeah. Rather than a, a top three back, you have a top 10, 12 back. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like you're, you're not, he's taking a step back, but you're not, he's not like disappearing. Um, yeah. I think they're both, I think before Hm went, Chan went down, I think they were the number like three and four running back on the here at that point, which embarrassment of riches in, in Miami. Um, but moving down to the He's All That Award, I'll jump in, keeping uh, the running back theme going. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is getting my He's All That Award. Um, and not because this this week he didn't have like a wow stat line, but it was just another rock-solid performance. He went 16 carries for 62 yards, but six receptions on six targets for 36 yards. He was the RB14 this week, and he's also the RB14 on the season. Uh, again this is someone if you were playing dynasty last year maybe you drafted in the third or fourth round in rookie draft uh he was a seventh rounder in the nfl draft bird on the depth chart uh but he just keeps getting better and you even if you saw what he did last year you still didn't feel confident about his like future prospects uh, or job security but now it's like i i feel very confident like the the chiefs believe in him. They have, they have been saying that since like he was a rookie and he just keeps validating that bet that they made on him. Um, and honestly, like before two, like even your, uh, your highest ceiling expectation for him was probably a low to mid RB two. Cause he was just like a first and second down back, uh, but he's getting way more carries than you thought, but he's also getting receptions. Now as I mentioned, six targets this past week, that used to be the McKinnon role and they're giving more of that to Pacheco. So I wanted to give a call because he's looking like an RB1 where he's going to get you probably at least 12 week, uh, points per week and has the
2: potential to get more every single week. So Isaiah Pacheco is my, he's all that. Yeah, most most opportunities in that offense by far, which is a little surprising, but he's uh, he looks great and he's getting 20, 25 touches a game, which is Phenomenal. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like Kyron Williams, right? Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what about you, Rye? Yeah, so I also went with a running back. Um, also a little bit, you know, kind of based on volume. He wasn't on an NFL team to start the season, but uh, I gave my he's all that to Kareem Hunt. He had 12 carries for 47 yards and a touchdown and three catches for 24 yards in week six. I could see him being real solid the rest of the season if he continues to get double-digit touches. Ford still had more carries and looks like the better back, but it's close, and we know Haunt has performed in the past. so um, He is dealing with a little injury, so who knows how that affects him going forward. But he may actually be productive if things work out in Cleveland, and that's someone that you really didn't know if you were going to get any
1: production out of when the season started. I mean, he may have been in free agency because he didn't have a job for the longest time, so people yeah. may have actually cut him.
3: Yeah, and now he's getting a, a decent amount of volume. So, um, yeah, who knows?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz here and uh, going with Dalton because he's someone who, uh, you know, when he's got the glasses on or when she's got the glasses on um, – It's like a two out of ten. Like, you're not really feeling great about throwing Dalton Schultz into your lineup, especially the way he started the season. But uh, the last couple weeks, he's really kind of been one of the top tight ends out there, and very, very quietly so. Put together three solid weeks. He's got three straight weeks with a touchdown on an offense that's trending up with C.J. Stroud at quarterback. He's averaging close to seven targets a week. He's a tight end six on the season. Uh, So I just think that, you know, he's probably top six, seven, eight tight end for the rest of the for the rest of the year. And somebody who you're going to want to, if you have him, get him in your lineup every week, especially while he's hot. So, you know, I think uh, I think Dalton Schultz in a disgusting (laughs) tight end landscape is if you have him right now, you're pretty happy.
1: The craziest thing to me about the Texans is going into the season, you thought Damian Pierce was the only offensive piece you wanted to own, and now he is the only piece you do not want to own in that
2: offense, I feel like. It's
1: been completely flipped.
2: Yeah. They have a lot of explosive guys. Yeah. And and Stroud can
1: get them the ball, which is great. (laughs) Why don't you keep it going, too, with
2: your uh, Doug Flutie Hail Mary Award? Yeah, so the Hail Mary Award this week um, (sighs) – I'm going with Brandon Cooks, and I don't have Brandon Cooks anywhere. Uh, He was actually offered, ironically, like two different people offered me Brandon Cooks in trades over the past week. So I got to looking closer into his numbers, and they are disgusting. I kind of had the thought of, like, how is it possible that this guy is even on rosters right now? Um, The ink on his eulogy was just about dry. (laughs) And then this week he showed up. Uh, he was huge on Monday Night Football, put forth his best effort of the season, made some big catches, caught a touchdown. Um, so if you started Brandon Cooks, it was certainly a Hail Mary. And Also no, steal with that. <laughs> yeah, there's no possible way that you were expecting what you got. Um, I has, still have absolutely no confidence starting him the rest of the way. I think that he's uh, probably the fourth priority in terms of targets they're still giving michael gallup a million targets even though he can't catch the ball yeah Uh, yeah but he's 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 just getting back to into shape don't say that i'm trying to trade him (laughs) but if you started brandon cooks this week it it certainly was a hail mary and uh it came through
1: yeah uh he also took a couple targets away from uh, cd lamb which i just needed just one more catch literally four yards one catch anything to win my matchup against ryan but Alas, did not happen. But with with that being said, Ryan, why don't you talk about someone else who played on Monday night?
3: Yeah, so I I went a little bit of league-specific here. Um, Although Josh Palmer probably didn't help many teams win their week, I gave him the Doug Flutie Hail Mary Award because he did help Team Adam Cohen take down Team What's Under the Towel by 0.16 points. Uh, you know, Adam needed exactly eight points from him, and that's exactly what he went out and got. Four catches for 60 yards. No nothing more to write home less. about <laughs> nothing to write home about except a victory for team Adam.
1: Yeah, uh, I was watching that too, because I I realized like my game was gonna come down to the wire, and then I saw <laughs> Uh, Harrison and Dan with Adam and Katz's game. And I like, as bad as I thought, I was like, theirs was worse. Uh, yes. Especially uh, Dan, uh, Dan and Harry just watched it for anyone who wasn't paying attention. Keenan Allen uh, was on the other side of that for uh, Dan and Harry. And so it was like Palmer versus Keenan the whole game. And at the very end, Keenan gets a catch for five yards to take the matchup. This is the very end. There's less than like 90 seconds left. But there was a defensive hold, I believe. Oh, no, in uh, offsides. Legal, uh, <laughs> legal man downfield. Legal so, man downfield. No, but it was on the oh, defense. defense. Yeah, so yeah. the Chargers could have uh, declined it and had second and third or accepted and go first and fifth. And they accepted it, erasing that catch that would have won the game for Dan and Harry. So that that was brutal. So I'm, I'm very devastated, but uh, at the same time, like, yeah, it's only a second worst loss in that <laughs> week. Uh um, <laughs> Could have been worse. Uh, I digress. Uh, for my uh, my Doug Flutie Hill Mary Award, I'm going to to Rashid Shahid, uh, who was the wide receiver six on the week. And he, if you don't know who, sh- who Shahid is, he's the wide receiver three for the Saints. Probably like the fourth target after Kamara. He's in year two. He was an undrafted free agent last year. But you did see some flashes last year. He's got a lot of speed, uh, a lot of go routes, but he he would have, like, the long touchdowns. And this past week, he only had two catches on six targets, but he made those two catches count. He had one that went for 51 yards, another one that went for 34 and a touchdown. Um, he was even actually using the run game. He had two r- rushes for 18 yards. And the the Saints know that he is a weapon that they want to get the ball in his hands because he's electric. Um, and in our format, we have three flex. He is the perfect guy to own because he's not actually going to goose you. He does get enough volume where he's not going to give you a goose. But, can, man, can he have a spike week? And when he does, that will really put you over the top. And when you're looking for a Hail Mary, you're looking for players who have the potential upside of having a spike week and the fact that he has a slightly higher floor than some of uh, the other potential Hail Mary, Hail Mary options. Uh, he's someone that like, I actually would be looking to own. And moving forward, he, his route tree is growing a little bit. Uh, he's someone, especially in Dynasty, that I would – be trying to get on the cheap, maybe sneak in another deal as like a throw-in. Because I think going forward, I think him and Olave might actually grow to be pretty dynamic duo. Um, so someone who I'd be keeping an eye on. But he definitely, going
2: into this week, was a Hail, Hail Mary play that paid off. Yeah, I mean, can Chris Olave do anything? Like at this point, I think I'd probably rather start Shahid than, than Olave. So Shahid has the easier defensive matchup, so that definitely <laughs> helps too. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's going on with Olave, but that's yeah, Ka- for another day. He's going to Ka- he's going he's going to make his way into the uh biggest dud category <laughs> real soon.
1: Yeah, I I mean I think he already had
2: a big letdown. I think he went like 1 for 4 uh in a, a week yeah. or two ago, so I, I can't tell if it's him or if it's Carr or if it's the offense, but I don't think I it's feel him. Like it, I don't think it's him. I think it's Carr. Yeah. 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 But uh, moving down
1: to, uh, you know, still positive awards, but not as pretty awards. Joe, why don't you kick it off for the Ferrari in a Trailer Park award?
2: Yeah, so with this one, I'm going to go with some of these Patriots offensive weapons that surprised me with a decent performance when the Patriots offense just looks so, so dead. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson was able to get into the end zone. Uh, put together his best week. He actually caught the ball this week. I think he had six catches, five or six catches. First time he's actually they've actually targeted him more than once or twice since week one. So it was good to see that they were targeting him more. I hope that that's a trend that will continue. Uh, Kendrick Bourne is another one in this offense who I think he had nine catches. Not not for a ton of yards, but it was the first time that either of these guys have really done anything um, meaningful in uh since week 1. So um as far as, you know, Ferrari in a tra- in a trailer park, if if you've got anybody in the Pats offense that's giving you, you know, 15 to 20 points uh or that's getting in the end zone with the way that they've been playing, I think you're pretty pleased with that. Not sure what it'll look like the rest of the season, but um yeah, that's what I'm going with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I have Ramondre everywhere. So
2: the biggest thing missing from
1: him, obviously, he has not been good on the ground, but it was the receptions and the targets. So, very uh, pleased to see that. Hopefully, it continues, but that w- was at least trending the right way. Yeah. What about you, dogs? What do you got?
3: So, I gave the Ferrari in a trailer park award to Drake London. I feel like the Falcons offense is a bit of a trailer park, not as bad as the Patriots or, uh, you know, Dave, your Giants, but still not great. Yes. Um, yes. So I think he fits this award. Uh, he's talented. He had nine catches for 125 yards in week six, but the QB play has been mediocre at best and is holding him back. Ritter threw three interceptions in week six. Uh, and it's just kind of a rough situation for any of the skilled players in Atlanta right now. So uh, I think he's the Ferrari in the trailer park
1: there. Yeah, The one thing that I have seen that changes, and I think we mentioned this on last week's prod is Ritter, I think, threw like 30-something passes uh, last week. And I was like, if they could keep it above 30, Pitts and London could stay relevant. They threw 47 passes this past week. That's like yeah. insane. That's like top of the league uh, pass volume. So if they, again, keep it above like the mid to upper 30s somehow, you're going to be able to start relying on these pass options. It's crazy to think. Ritters again, not great. So you need volume because you know a lot of those are going to be duds. Um, but that is that is the telltale uh, stat right there. It's just literally pass attempts. That goes up, the offense will be a lot, lot more viable for fantasy. Yeah, great point. And uh, mine, I mean, the trailer park. Ryan alluded to my Giants. I don't know. Like the Pats are bad. I. I don't know if who's worse, if it's the pass of the Giants from a fantasy perspective. It has just been straight ugly. Um, and then you throw in the fact on it's going to be a Sunday night football game in Buffalo with the backup quarterback of Tyrod Taylor. Like, could you think of it? It was the biggest uh, spread, I think, in the NFL in the season to date. It was huge. Um, and as I mentioned, the Giants came close, it went through. But it was going to be a bloodbath, and somehow Wondell still came out with eight targets for eight receptions and sixty-two points. Got you just over ten points. Uh, had a wide receiver three finish at wide receiver thirty-two. And and honestly, in in bad matchups and bad situations in this in these trailer parks, you're kind of just looking for someone who kind of volume their way to an okay outing. Um, and that's like so you can start them. Like you know this is going to be ugly, but you know like they'll get, they have like a high enough floor. They should get some enough value to make it. Uh, worthwhile, and and that's kind of what Wandell has. He's he's very quick. He's very slippery. The coaching staff loves him. They were one of his first the first draft picks of this coaching staff, um, and happy to see him get healthy. And there, his role is this short, uh, in a short area, quick throws, high percentage, and those are the type of throws you need when there's no offensive line, um, and it doesn't really matter like who your quarterback is with these type of throws. Anyone. can I shouldn't say anyone, anyway, but, like, Mac Jones probably can't. But most quarterbacks can make this <laughs> Um, So, like, you know that he's QB proof. You know he's matchup proof. Uh, and he's going to get the looks. And I think his role is only going to continue uh, to increase as the season goes on. So, like, eight for 62. Yeah, not a ton of yards, but it's a good amount. But, like, if you threw a touchdown on top of that, which could have potentially easily happened, and that could happen any given week, he's going to be in a top 15, like, wide receiver then on the week. So uh, he's someone no matter a matchup is always going to be a trail park situation, but someone who could end up being a Ferrari and someone uh, I'd be looking to start and own going forward. Um, going to our biggest dud, the 28 to three award. I'll, I'm going to kick this one off because I think we're all feeling this and he's playing tonight. And guess what? He is probably continuing the trend. Uh, giving a quick look on the stats and, oh, yeah, doesn't even have a target through uh, the first half. Great. Calvin Ridley. What the hell? <laughs> I just don't understand what is going on with this guy. Uh, this was a smash matchup. Uh, we were financially hurt, Joe and I, uh, because of this uh, matchup. He blew up in week one against the Colts. Uh, where, like, And he even got eight targets this week. Like, he had the volume. But he only had four receptions for 30 yards. And, and just to rub the salt into the moon, he had a rush for negative four yards. He just hurt you there. Like, that. Like it's not a reception for negative four. That was a rush. You just lost .4 yards, points for us. Uh, he finished at the wide receiver 56. Uh, we, we all thought he was going to be potentially a true wide receiver one. And after week one, everyone, like all the truthers, were having their victory lap. But now six weeks into the season, he's only had two weeks you're happy with and three that effectively sunk your team. Um, so – I'm, I'm not fully out yet, but I'm close. I have my, my concerns are rising on Calvin Ridley and it's also hurting my boy, Trevor. Uh, also ETM being a beast this dude, but that's that's a different story. But Calvin Ridley, 28
2: to3 award. The lack of consistency really is what what hurts is with the whole offense, it, it, they're, they're so hit or miss, the passing game. And some of it comes back to, you know, ETN has been running the ball very well. So they've been kind of leaning on him, but you know, Lawrence is hot and cold and there are times where you see Ridley get, you know, targeted four out of five passes. And then he doesn't get looked at again, the rest of the game. Uh, Christian Kirk's been getting a ton of targets. It's just, it's hard to predict where the volume is going to go. Um, you and- know, it's also weird about him. I'm,
1: Pretty sure he's still on his rookie contract. I think he's 28 years old and on his rookie contract. Because I don't, I think when he suspended, that didn't count a crew against his rookie. He came in very old, so he's going to be a free agent next year. I don't know if they bring him back.
2: I don't know what his outlook looks like going forward now. Yeah, it's the offense. I I, I think it's I think it's the offense. I, I don't think that it's it's Ridley, but who knows. Yeah, I
1: don't know. Talk about uh, another wide receiver who I I was big on. Actually, all these guys were. Uh, Ryan, why don't you uh, jump in on your 28-3 award? Yeah,
3: I gave it to Dotson. Uh, We've talked about him for a while, but it's just gone from bad to worse. He had one target, didn't catch it, so he finished with a dud for the week. Uh, So clearly the biggest dud you could possibly have. Uh, (laughs) It's been a long season for his owners, Curtis Samuel appears to be overtaking him, which just seems crazy to even say. And Logan Uh, Thomas. And Logan Thomas. Yeah, very good. Um, And the crazy part is his snap percentage is 80% or higher in every game but one. He's just not producing. And then, you know, some news came out today that, um, you know, he might actually be working out with the special teams coach as a holder for kicks. So, Just really not looking good for him. And he's someone you drafted, you know, as we got closer to the season, he was getting drafted higher and higher. People were really high on him, and he's hurt you pretty bad if you, you know, grabbed him in a high round.
1: I traded for him in another dynasty, and I just traded him away uh, yesterday because I was like, "Ah, I can't do this anymore. What (laughs) what can you even get for him at
3: this point? What would you get?
1: Uh, it was a huge deal. Uh, I traded um, Nico Dotson and uh, Michael Wilson at late first and an early second. I got Keenan, Josh Jacobs, and Wandell back. Uh, I'm competing, so I'm like all in for this year. But you you have to sell because you need to be patient with him. And the only people going to be patient upside are rebuilding teams. So you, you just got to go to a rebuilding team and get like an older player. That's that's really and package it. Like you're not going to get them straight yeah. up for anything worthwhile.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, hopefully the opportunity, hopefully more opportunity will present itself in the offense. Um, I mean, they haven't had any um, wide, any of their receivers miss any time this year. Right. So like McLaurin's been out there every week. Samuel's been out there every week. Um, So uh, hopefully he hasn't fallen out of favor. He's like you said, he's he's out there on 80 percent of snaps. He's running a lot of routes. He's getting a, a ton of great cardio in, but. (laughs) He's just, <laughs> that, he's that just one gone. target was a drop too like i was watching it and he he yeah, was open that could have been a, a touchdown he, he should have had that yeah he's had a couple of drops
3: and that's the so. thing howell actually has looked pretty good like the offense hasn't looked bad so everyone's was, catching was, passes like yeah, everyone was, gibson is catching package passes like everyone yeah. except for dotson yeah so that's even more concerning really
2: yeah So I'm going to go with Devonta Smith for mine. And I know this is kind of maybe a little bit of a spicy take in terms of a letdown player who's been somewhat solid. But first of all, he was in a spot where I think the expectation was that he would have a lot of success, right? With the Jets having their top two cornerbacks out. And A.J. Brown, the top option, had a lot of success, right? As expected. Smith, 11 targets, only turned it into five catches. Uh, I know he... I think he tweaked a hammy at some point. I think that was towards the uh, the latter part of the game. Um, the reason I'm bringing him up is just because he started off strong first two weeks, uh, scored a touchdown each week, uh, put together solid fantasy performances, and then if you remember, I was around the time when AJ Brown started to squeak a little bit because he, uh, you know, felt like he wasn't being utilized. Uh, properly in the offense and you know you could just tell he had some comments about uh his usage and ever since then he's been kind of going scorched earth and it's been maybe a little bit at the cost of the production from devonta smith uh last four weeks and half ppr 4.8 11.3 1.1 and then 6.9 this last week so definitely not the output that you're hoping for from him and uh, I, I think uh, as an asset, as like a, a redraft um, asset for this season, he's he's overall, you're probably feeling pretty let down. Uh, let's see. Wide receiver 32 on the year uh, in an offense that's that scoring points. And alongside A.J. Brown, who's doing A.J. Brown things, uh, you know, I in where I own Devonta Smith, I, I'm feeling let down. Yeah, I mean I I did trade him away. I'm very deep in that
1: uh position in that league, but I played against them to the team I traded him to and I was getting worried and came out feeling all right. And like now I'm because I've been laser focused, cause when you trade a player away, you almost like focus on them more than the players on your own team. Yep. Um and watching that game too, I'm like, I'm actually feeling pretty good about the trade I made because I actually don't know if I'd want him. I, I got Barkley back. We'll see. Hopefully he stays healthy, but I was like I don't feel like I lost that much now. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, moving down to our last award, this is the just you're not that guy. Uh, this is someone who is just so bad and has been so bad that I think our opinions of this player are just straight up changing. That he might just think so, uh, Joe. You have my favorite because uh, been we you and I for sure have been banging the drum on how bad this guy was
2: for the beginning of this. Bob, so why don't you jump in? Yeah, so I'm going to go with Kadarius Tony, um, And, you know, some might say, well, you know, you might have realized he was not that guy prior to this point in time. There were some he, – he, he showed flashes with the Giants. He also has had a hard time staying on the field. But it was some point during this week's game where he was delivering a, a solid performance. Somebody was kind of saying, like, oh, Tony's had a solid day, which was three catches for nine yards and a touchdown. And I, I, I kind of realized that if we're calling three catches for nine yards and a touchdown a solid performance then this guy is I, gotta I think he also
1: out. I think he also had negative rushing yards so like his total offensive output was yeah. neg- and, he, and he had a, a pass that was missed and
2: it was really yeah, bad. he's got to just get the, uh, the the negative rushing yards like yeah like you know like sometimes you just like rub one out he's got he's got to get <laughs> the he's got to he's got to rub out freezing. <laughs> <rushing, laughs> The negative rushing yards every single game. Yeah, it's like, ah, there it is. I just had yeah. an urge. <laughs> yeah. uh, he stinks. His attitude stinks. And historically, the issue has been his health. He's actually uh, been able to stay on the field this year and avoid any major injury through the first six weeks. And that's led to about four yards per catch, um, which is astonishingly low in a, in a Chiefs offense that actually has. Decent, decent, big playability. Um, so yeah, Kadarius Tony, your best performance of the season was still so gross that it affirmed to me <laughs> how you are not that guy. Yeah, and that that uh, the dot that you just mentioned to, like
1: yards per catch, it's, it's probably uh, dot's even lower because you assume he ran after that catch. Um, it's because in this, uh, Matt Harmon, who I like follow as well. He's not a wide receiver. He's a gadget player. Like, he can't run routes. He can't catch it. So, all his catches are just screens or, like, the tap passes that the Mahomes loves to do. And Like, they don't actually throw him the ball. He's not a wide receiver. He's not even on the field for more than, what, like, 20% of the, the snaps. So, yeah. he stinks. Um <laughs> Ryan, I know you own him, so I'm sorry for leaning in on yeah. that. No, no, he definitely stinks.
3: It's been brutal, <laughs> brutal owning him. Uh, I was pumped that he got a touchdown just so I could say he did something. But like Joe said, when you're celebrating that, you know, that shows how bad he actually
1: is. So He got a touchdown and had seven points. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was bad. Uh, Ryan, why don't you, uh, you know.
3: Yeah. Put some yeah. dirt on someone else and make you feel better. <laughs> yeah, so I'm giving Mac Jones the week off, although you know, he, <laughs> he deserves it. He, he really doesn't deserve it because he scored. No, one he by nine right again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He,
1: he still. has he might, change to the, he might change it Might change his award to the Mac Jones award.
3: <laughs> I, I think we need like a lower award to give him <laughs> because he has negative fantasy points through the last three weeks. He's the starting quarterback of a, an NFL team, but anyways. Uh, I gave Imagine that 30. leave your
1: spot open, you would have been better for three weeks. If you three weeks, or no one, it's insane. Uh, so, maybe, maybe I, maybe I, you I think, <laughs>
3: make
1: you rethink the uh, uh, the rules of like start a lineup, you have to start. I was like, I don't want to start Mac Jones, it's
3: gonna hurt me. <laughs> well, don't me, me. Don't make me throw him don't make me
1: lose. Um,
3: but no, but I actually <laughs> went with Damian Pierce, Dave. You mentioned him a little bit earlier. Uh, He had 13 carries for 34 yards in week six. He's RB number 24 on the season. He's only had two games with more than 10 points, and those games were 13 points and 11 points. He was drafted relatively high. He was expected to be the lead back, but Singletary is starting to outplay him a little bit. Singletary had 12 carries for 58 yards in week six. Uh, So I think you have to be real worried if you were relying on Pierce as your
1: RB2. Yeah, I, I mean, I alluded to it. He's like literally the only Texan I don't want. Um,
2: I hope the offense being average to maybe maybe slightly above average will mean opportunities for him in the red zone. But the problem is their offensive line is like complete garbage. It's like it's and, like by far the worst part of their offense. So uh, it's tough for him to really get anything going. But he has and he's he had opportunities going. in the red zone. Just get can't anyway. get in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He has not been
1: good. Yeah, not good. Um, and I'll, I'll close it out with a you're not that guy award. Uh, I'm going to give it to uh, Jerry Judy. And you know what? I'm not the only one giving him this award this week. Uh, Steve Smith also went on national TV to let everyone know that he is a jag, just a guy, and is going to call up every team who potentially thinks about trading for him that he sticks. Um, he, he disrespected also Steve Smith before, which was very – very stupid but this this has been the sentiment um and it's also crazy if you're going to disrespect steve smith and try to show him up knowing he's watching it you got to have a better stat line than five targets for three receptions and 14 yards uh, against the chiefs like this is a like when you play the chiefs you expect the wide receivers to get a ton of targets and have a big game 14 yards how do you, on three receptions i don't understand how he did that um and, like, I mean, I have been saying since the preseason, Joe can probably vouch for me, is I think I've been saying Judy's overrated. I know certain people are expecting him to have a be, the, like, the wide receiver one. It's Sean Payne And I'm like, I, he's just not a good route runner. I don't actually think he's a good wide receiver. I give you props again to Matt Harmon. Again, if, I, if you haven't figured this out, Matt Harmon knows wide receivers better than, like, I think anyone uh, when it comes to evaluating talent, especially for fantasy purposes. So if you can, follow him. Uh, But he was calling it too. he's like, I don't understand why people think he's a good route runner. He is extremely overrated. Um, I mean, on the season, he's only eclipsed double digits once he's eclipsed 55 yards once in six weeks. Uh, He's not demanding targets. He's getting like five to seven targets a game tops. His snap counts even declining. I think it was like below like 60% or something or around 60% this past week. Uh, He's obviously on the trade block, as I mentioned. Um, and I don't think even if he goes to a new team, it's it's going to change anything for him. And, and usually, getting a new quarterback midseason doesn't really fix things, especially if you haven't been proven to be successful with your current team. So, uh, just not that guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's hard to dispute any of it. I, I, I'm I have a couple full season, you know, Judy over receiving yards, and it's. doo-doo paper at this point
1: (laughs) yeah that uh you can you can definitely wipe your ass with that bet um but with that that is our awards and uh we're gonna we're gonna take a a quick break and when we come back we're gonna we're gonna bring a new person onto the pod and uh, a couple new segments so hold on a second and we're back uh we don't have any sponsors so uh you didn't hear an ad there but if we did that is when you would have heard one um But as I mentioned, uh, we are bringing in a special guest. Uh, We have Mr. Harrison Kippel, a.k.a. DJ Dirty Work. Uh, He is one of the owners of uh, one of the leagues in our, I think it's What's Under the the Towel, I believe it is, in our league. Uh, Yep. Yep. Uh, He also wrote the music you hear at the beginning and the end of each of these pods. As I mentioned, he is a DJ producer. Um, he has nearly 2,100 monthly listeners on Spotify. His uh, over 400,000 streams on his top Spotify song, uh, Cartagena. Cart- I don't know how to pronounce that song, Harry. Cartagena, Cartagena. Colombia. Yeah, I don't speak Spanish. Uh, and uh, but the real one's known best for his debut hit, "Time," the vocal mix. So uh, you should you can find that song on Spotify. Get that song over 400K, so that becomes number one, and on his. Uh, this is Dirty Work playlist on Spotify. Uh, but yeah, welcome welcome to the pod,
0: Harry. Happy to be here. Love the pod. Long-time listener,
1: first-time caller. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, real quick, I guess, Like, what were your thoughts on uh, last week? I, I, I alluded to it earlier in the pod. I had a very brutal loss, but only the second most brutal loss on the week. So how are you feeling?
0: Uh, well, I mean, it was kind of like a self-inflicted loss a little bit because... Uh, we decided to start uh, Jaleel McLaughlin instead of uh, Chuba, um, mm-hmm. or even our newly acquired uh, Amari Cooper. Uh, yes, was not really, advised. It was not really uh, <laughs> paying attention. Let's let's say, <laughs> but um, I also wasn't very confident in Amari Cooper because he had a really poor week. Uh, didn't really know what PJ Walker was going to do, and it kind of made a. Uh, just a way too early decision
1: to start McLaughlin uh, before we knew that Miles Sanders was out. So yeah, and yeah, th- you actually you just alluded to you just acquired Amari Cooper, making one of the I think it was the second in season trade we've had in our league. So why don't you speak to uh, who, ju- who you traded to get Cooper and uh, kind of the motivation behind it?
0: Uh, everyone's like really tentative to trade in this league. I feel like
1: um, dude, it's killing me. No, <laughs> it's killing <laughs> what me. About, what? Dude, everyone's just so scared to make a move and make a mistake.
0: For, for Harri- so eager, you're so eager to trade too, and it's yeah. it's, it's really funny.
2: For, it's hard to be saying that people are hesitant to trade. You know, they must be really hesitant. It's brutal. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm
1: not a bad. big trader either. Also I'm, good I'm, good thing, I, I had, trade. I almost had a trade on Pod with Scott before because he doesn't have a quarterback. And as we were joking about uh, in the break when the ad was playing um, <laughs> uh, for Howell. Granted, I do think uh, he probably would have lost value on it, but, like, I he, three times he said he's, like, down to do this trade and then an hour or two later passes and it, it passes and then, like, another week goes by. I'm like, I just can't get a trade done with anyone here. Like, they want – they get – I'm, like, on the one-yard line and then they just, like, fumble it or it's, like, they fumble into the end zone. It's a touchback type rule. Like, it's killing me here, man. Just someone make a move. He actually – uh, Yeah, I'm yeah, proud of you, Harry. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: he they were initiated literally... trade talks with us. Scott really initiated trade talks with us, and then he also backed out uh, on the one-yard line as well. So
1: we <laughs> got blue balls here, man. It's killing me. Blowing like... <laughs> them up right now I'm on. I'm on. Sorry,
2: uh, a... nah. to, to be honest, I used to be the same way, where I would engage in talks and things made sense, and I was like about ready to do it, and then the fear of losing the trade just like like kept me from pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. And after like kind of opening up a little bit more and pulling the trigger on many many trades and realizing that some you win and some you lose and you just kind of have to roll with the punches. Yeah, uh, it makes it a little bit easier. It's like it's like uh, you know once once you kind of like get going a little bit like you know it's, it's like kind of it, like it's
1: betting it's gambling. Like, you win bets you lose bets. Like you don't stop making bets you just keep going for that rush. Um... But I, and I will say to Scott's credit, I fully understand him backing out on the trade we were just discussing. Uh, I just get more upset when it makes it seem like it's very close to happening, and then well, it gets pulled out. I just hate that. That's what killed me. To
2: be fair, were you trying to were sell him? Were you trying to sell him on the? Uh, on I was trying <laughs> on a Davy Lowball. I wasn't selling at all. This
1: is something he wanted uh, two weeks ago, uh, so I sent him something else, and I, I did not do a sell job at all. Well, I sent him an offer. He said he was interested. He said he wanted a little bit more. I added more to it, and I was, like, but I was like, "Look, tell me what you want, and I will add more uh, to it." But I didn't try. To, I didn't do any sell job. It was just, yeah, yeah. So I've I've backed off of that. I'm not trying to, because especially I, I'm I'm not trying to swindle anyone, especially because this is our first year in this dynasty. I'm not trying to like pull one over on anyone. Not that I think I can that often, because everyone. Anytime I send a trade offer, everyone thinks I'm trying to pull on over. And so like, I have I have to like, severely overpay. overpay. I, I have to overpay to get any trade in this league. And even when you know, I send offers that overpay, people still think I'm trying to pull on over.
2: It's funny that when I'm getting ready to offer somebody a trade, uh, it's gotten to the point where I need to ask somebody else uh, for advice yeah. to see if I'm, crazy. I am, I'm insulting or lowballing them because I feel like once, once you do that, then that's it. That, like, disrupts the whole, like, for a lot of people, they're like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like, And you almost want to, like, you, you kind of want to start with, like, a little bit of, like, a lowballish offer. You don't want to, like, offer more yeah. than you need to. So exactly. you're almost better off just messaging them being like, hey, you know, what do you think that's, about that?
1: That's what I've, I've tried. The, the thing that I've also noticed in, in our league is I think it's a bigger issue is that the – Varying levels of uh, valuations are just so out of whack right now. Like no no one's aligned on anything. And that – like in most leagues, I think most offers are relatively close enough to have a conversation. And so far, everything's like, dude, what is it? I'm like, how am I that off? Like what what do I have to do to get closer? I don't think I'm that off right now.
2: It's, it's just
0: People an who, uh, be more, more, more near their phones, too, because I feel like I message someone for about a trade and I get a response yeah. three days later. Like, uh, or I know red, like, I was like, <laughs>
1: it is Sunday and the players are playing. We can't trade right yeah. now. <laughs>
0: uh, I know your but, jobs aren't that busy. Come on, <laughs> uh, I know.
1: Seriously, we got plenty of time. But I'm, I'm glad that led into a good uh, trade. Uh, discussion, so hopefully that'll loosen people up a little bit. Do not be afraid to make a move. Even when you make a bad trade, just make a new good trade. Just keep going. Uh, If you make a bad trade and do nothing, that's when your team stinks. If you make a bad trade, just keep looking to make more. Um, But yeah. I'm very happy with that trade, too. I thought that was a good trade for both teams. And like Crope who you traded with, who got Baker, I mean, he has Fields, who is now hurt, so he definitely needs Baker. And Baker's obviously stunk last week, but he's serviceable. Like, in Right now, like, he's got good weapons. I, I wouldn't count on him long-term, potentially, but you don't know. He's, as yeah. a QB, two, like, especially with bye byways coming up, not the worst option.
0: Yeah, and I'm also, like, pretty happy to pair Amari with Watson over the next couple of years, too, because Amari's only 29. I don't know. How, how old is Watson? 28. Yeah, so they'll be together for a while. How, how long is Watson's contract? Forever and it's and it's fully long. guaranteed. Yeah, so, so they'll probably be together for a while, so as long as he doesn't uh,
1: just a uh, lot of any trouble again with the towels. There's you know what else? Is, you know what else is brown? Doo-doo, which is what Watson is. There's
2: some. There's some. There's some shit Sunday. going on with his his current injury. I, I don't yeah. know. My my uh, shit detector. He is, like, on Sunday. It's, it's, it's kind of cool like Sunday. going off a little bit you know like i just he's he had a quote where it was like um i don't know like it could be any day now it could be i could be back in like a day it could be back in two weeks like what the fuck is he doing like what's who going talks on? like that yeah like it, it was a really really bizarre quote so I, I don't know
0: well he's clearly not a guy that knows what to say to people <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: sure no, if anyone would
3: know it'd be him <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Are you going to put your clothes on? I don't know. I could do it now. I could do it a <laughs> week from now. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> uh, this is not a family pod. It's NSFW, in case you couldn't tell. Um, anyway, I'm glad. <laughs> that was a good discussion. Uh, I do want to jump into uh, the league things real quick, uh, give a quick update on our high-low scoring. Um, so this week, the weekly high was Matt and Dan Brzezinski with 153 points. And the low, our very own, Joey Gallo, with eighty nine. But still, no one has gone as low as Ryan and Sean did week one with sixty three. Uh, it's very yeah, fun because every week, every every week, like no one cares about their matchup first. It's like get to sixty four <laughs> and then worry about
3: your matchup. <laughs> is yeah. how I kind of view every week. I loved Canalis's comment that he crossed cross sixty four. His team was still projected for like a hundred points at that oh. at that point. Yeah. But uh, I still think it's coming. You know, I was looking this week. Scott doesn't even have a quarterback to start, so uh, yeah. he he could be giving us a run for our money.
1: We'll see. Yeah, especially if CMC doesn't play, uh, then it's yeah. can get hairy. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not loving. My chances to not have it this week, but we'll see. I'm just like decimated by injuries and now by week. So we'll see. And and the top score is still held by Kropes, uh with his uh, week five score of 185. So <clears throat> quick update there. Uh, but now, we since we're six weeks in, we have a lot of more data than we had at the beginning of the season, which was the last time we had our power rankings update. Um, so figured it would be a good time to kind of give a quick update on where we think all the ta- teams are landing. Granted, me, Ryan, Joe, all kind of go about different ways that we kind of do our rankings. For me, um, it's not mathematical like Joe does, but I do a little bit of mix of current year and future outlook. Uh, I think Joe does a similar mindset, but with uh, a little bit more math behind it. And Ryan, I think, leans a lot more towards the in-season power rankings. But With that, I'll jump in first. Uh, so my power rankings are with the uh, top team. I got uh, Matt and Dan Brzezinski. Uh I Think they're just a powerhouse uh for the current year and going on. Adam and Cats have actually jumped up to the number two spot. Uh, and they've been rising since my first power rankings. They were I had them in like the bottom, I think, four in each ranking and just keep increasing them. There's not much further for them to increase at this point. They're at number two. Crope has increased as well. He's at number three. I actually think current year, he's the favorite. Uh, only reason I don't have him uh, in the top two is just as quarterback situation is not as uh, sound as the others and he does have a little bit of an older roster at number four jumped up was Mike Kaffer Mike Williams then five Schluter's taking a bit of a tumble as you can tell by his record this players just haven't really been showing up as much as you thought they would uh, this one might shock people because he doesn't have quarterbacks but I actually shot Scott up to six because his non quarterback roster is just so strong to me like he is he's had some big weeks already and if he wanted to solve that quarterback situation he has the assets that i think he could get some pretty strong like if you uh, if you want traded cmc you could get like the world for cmc even his dynasty like you he has some like hot like cooper cup Hall, like he's got players that are like truly truly like next level that no one else can compete with he trades one of those and could probably solve his quarterback situation. So he has to make a move to make this happen. But I think just based on value, I think he's very strong. Um, then at starting, starting uh, Ryan Tannehill in his who, uh, who's who's uh, on bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, no, he, no he has no quarterback this week, and this is not <laughs> exaggeration. There is no <laughs> one to start. <laughs> And and potentially next week either because Tannehill is also probably going to miss and maybe Jimmy J. Number seven, I got Ryan and Sean jumping up. Uh, Their quarterback combo has been stepping up. Kyron was someone who was really pushing them up, but he's actually going to be out a couple weeks. But they have enough pieces. Terry has been stepping up, so I've been pretty impressed with their team. Uh, Still think there's some work to do, but they also have two firsts, which is the other reason I give them the, uh, the leg up. Most teams don't have multiple firsts. I think, Ryan, I think you need to make a move and use those first to get some players uh, to compete. Because I think if you use them to get like a couple good players that are uh, maybe older vets that can produce, I think you guys can compete this year. Um, I have myself at eight still. Um, I dropped from six in my last ranking. I've been decimated by injuries. Not everyone's season long, but it's going to make it tougher, in my opinion, to be a playoff team this year because of all the injuries, but I do have a lot of youth and upside that I'm excited about. But, uh, it's hard to say that the injuries haven't uh, had a significant impact on my roster. Um, next I have, uh, our very own Harry right here and DeCosta. Um, they, I don't love their quarterbacks. Uh, I think Bryce looks terrible and Gino's step back in Watson but they're not bad. They're, they're, they're better than Scott, uh, facts. Um, The wide receivers, are they have elite current year in Keenan. I think they have a couple young elite guys right now, but they're not elite in the current year. Quarterback is atrocious after Jacobs, uh, and Andrews is great. But in general, I think there are some moves that still need need to be made there, but I think they're middle of the pack current year, and then there's some potential next year, but still some work to be done there. But I could see them going either direction. Then at 10, I got Joey. Um, I mean – after Bijan, running back's a little rough. Uh, quarterback's rough. Uh, wide receivers have been uh, solid. Uh, Myers and Evans have stepped up. Those have been some diamonds that the, he, he found there. Um, but I don't really think they're a team suited for this year, but I do think he can turn around and have a pretty quick turnaround on, on a rebuild. Uh, then I got John Clark and Sauce. Clark sauce I think we're calling them. At uh, 11, uh, I mean, Burroughs back, and Mac sucks. Right? We say it all the time. Pierce sucks. We say it all the time. Um, so yeah, I don't really love it. Uh at all their wide receivers outside of Diggs, who's getting older, Rice, Pickens, and Addison, they're okay upside, but I don't really see them being better than wide receiver two. So don't really love this team. Their tight ends are atrocious. And bottom, canels, uh, Scotty first, he hit on Puka, Herbert and Ayukersal, but uh this is the risk in uh that you see in Dynasty. You get so excited about youth and young talent, and a lot of times they don't become what you want, like Dotson and Burks. And when that happens, your team can effectively crumble. You go in the season thinking you're going to be straight was so strong, but if they don't have proven track records, they can really fall from underneath you. So he has tumbled nine spots to my bottom spot. But those are my rankings. What about you, Joe?
2: Yeah, so I think the one that I disagree with uh, you on the most there is, and I'll get to the full list of rankings, but I just want to like share the thought while it's on the top of my head. And I'm not saying this just to to break balls, right? But I just, I, I, I think I disagree with you on the prospects of team Wilkinson for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think outside of Allen and Hertz, um, the, the running back situation is kind of booty. <laughs> alexander madison rashad white Keontae ingram deonta foreman it's just it's not it's not good the the wide receiver situation obviously mclaurin has been okay uh jameson williams hasn't demonstrated that he's going to be anything yet although i'm high on him I, i'm um, not
1: high on jameson i should sure he can't catch the ball the guys yeah, mike williams is out for the season
2: <laughs> Kyron williams is out for the next four weeks like if, if it was me, I would be clutching on to those first-round picks and not letting them go because you have yeah. a situation where you have Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, and if you can draft good players with those uh, with those two firsts, maybe you kind of like – do like a little bit of an active rebuild, but I I don't think that this, you'll be competing this So year. Yeah. I'll uh, –
3: and that's. Kind I'll, of just how, quickly, uh, I'll just I just want to quickly.
1: The reason why I was thinking rebuild is the biggest asset you got is Kyron. I don't know if he's an asset next year, uh, so and he he's coming back this year. And rise. Yeah, I, I might honestly look to to to
2: move him in another he, league where I'm like on the verge of competing, and I have Kyron. I'm like. The second I like realize that I'm not competing, I, I want to move him because yeah, I, agree. It, I agree completely.
1: Yeah, like that—that that was my thought. I, and may, maybe I'm not sure what you can get for him right now, just because he is hurt. You might have to wait a couple weeks, but he is coming back. Brian is three and three. Uh, but if you package those first and a couple other picks, granted you're selling out for the future, you're not going to have picks going forward. I think you have you could get like one or two a higher end guy, maybe not like elite guys, but there's some old vets that can prove like you get like a you're not gonna get feeling from pro, but like there's other older players, and I don't want to talk about players on my team because it seems like I'm trying to sell for them, but like hypothetically, like a Hopkins or a Lockett, those are two guys, someone like that. I think if you you don't need straight first for those guys, I think you could get a couple of those guys on it, and you would have enough to compete. But I, I also agree, like that that is a risk, and if that doesn't pay off, and you're kind of screwed, and you don't have a lot to look forward to after this year.
3: Yeah, and it's funny to hear you guys kind of talk about the two extremes because we honestly have been right in the middle. Like we were leaning way more towards Joe, where we definitely wanted to hang on to the two firsts, and we were kind of throwing this year away and we were assuming we'd be rebuilding a little bit but then we do keep winning and we're three and three and we've had like two or three really high weeks so we're like maybe we shouldn't sell out yet and kind of see if we can pull off a couple more wins and then you know if we make it into the playoffs or it gets close to playoffs maybe we do sell the first so it's funny to hear both sides because we've kind of been going back and forth as well but Right now, I think we're leaning more towards hanging on to the first because especially with the Kyron Williams injury now, I, I don't see us doing too well the next couple of weeks, but we'll see. You know who needs a running back? Harrison. <laughs> That's true. To him. And we know he's down to trade now, so.
2: Yeah. <laughs> very down to
3: trade. So
0: you're not getting a first for Kyron Williams, though. So. Yeah, but he's got wide receivers. Just go for <laughs> it. <laughs>
2: Oh, man! All right, I'll blow through my rankings pretty quickly. In the top position is Team CropeDog. Team um, in the second position is Team uh, Rosinski. In the third position, Team Adam Cohen. So I think those were the top three for Dave as well, mm-hmm. just in a little bit of a different order. Um, and to be fair, the, the margin between uh, Dan's team and Team Cohen is razor, razor thin. Um, mm-hmm. basically have them as equivalents. So, um those are my top 3. Um in fourth position, um Mike Dexter is a god In fifth position is actually Dave's team. Uh um, let's go. And the reason why uh, you know I uh, as we were talking about this in uh I guess you want to call it pre-production, um I kind of, very professional uh, here. I kind of said to myself, like, ah, maybe I have Dave's team ranked a little bit too high, but he is he is pretty decimated by injury, and he's had hits this year with Richardson, who looks like he's going to be a valuable asset uh, in the future with A Chan. So I think the future is looking bright for Dave's team, uh, but obviously this year he's in some trouble. Uh, yep. n- coming up next, uh, team. Come get my bets, guys yeah uh yeah well i was I was about to put mine up for for offers too but we'll wait until yeah uh, the seller of my rankings <laughs> uh coming up six team schluter seventh team Rapisati, and again i mean like so dave referenced this earlier but we kind of like i have like a, a very very loose numerical way that i that i kind of like quantify or that i calculate rankings And I I kind of assign like a score from one to 10 at each position group. And for the current year, team Scott is uh, a five at the quarterback position and a 9.5 at running back, a nine at wide receiver, an 8.5 at tight end. Um, So it's really just the quarterback where uh, that's kind of holding uh, that team back right now. Uh, Coming up next team, what's under the towel. Um, Pretty pretty similar position for Team Harry and Dan as they were. I think I think maybe you slid one spot, so not bad. Uh, just ahead of Team Wilkinson Brothers, who uh, they're basically the opposite of Team Rappasati, where their quarterback is a ten, and then their running back is six, wide receiver six and a half, tight end six and a half. To be to be to be totally honest, um, there's not really much that I love on the roster aside. <laughs> aside from uh aside from the quarterback position so i turn think, it down, Just I, it down. Think, <laughs> I think is. the, the issue though is like
3: who are you gonna sell yeah that's the thing uh
2: well uh, we talked about kyron right so that's definitely one um Madison could be a sell, to be honest. Like, uh, how much long term value does Madison have? Madison you, has value this year for sure, but like. So, I I
1: should phrase it different. What are you going to get for these players? Is there, like, yes, I think there's players you should sell. I just don't know what value you're going to get for them. Uh, what are you, think, you're not getting more than a, maybe a late second for Madison, I feel like, at this point.
2: Yeah. No, I might even, like, I might even try to sell Madison for maybe, like, like, I mean, I hate to say it, but... Uh, Dotson? Yeah, like I was going to say, Jahan Dotson might be yep. a guy that, like, you could try and target on the cheap who could turn it around. Um,
1: Unfortunately, Chris is a rebuilding team, so you're not going for Dotson. Yeah. But that, I agree. That's, That's the, type the type of, type of player, player, player I go. Right, yeah. Right,
2: right, who you could get for cheap. Um, not You wouldn't have to uh, give up any of the first-round picks for... Um, you know, you could move seconds and thirds and guys like Madison and you know maybe Rashad White and guys that could that could actually help a contender this year. You can maybe even get somebody to take Kadarius Tony off your hands. That would be a huge win.
3: If anyone <laughs> wants him, he's available. <laughs> he will, um, I will take him. a fifth for him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we'll take a sixth. And yeah. <laughs> if, if it seems like I have a negative perspective of uh, Team Wilkinson, uh, they come in ninth. And my own team is in the cellar at 12. We'll get there. Uh, coming in 10th, Team Clark. 11th, um, Team Canelos. We obviously talked about how some of his younger, high upside guys just didn't really hit. Some of them didn't hit. Some of them – Traylon Burke's been hurt. Yeah, and, I, I still think he's got an opportunity there. Yeah. Again, like he he's not – he's somebody who, you know, again, like Canelos is in a similar situation, so it might be tough. But he's another guy who, like I – Otherwise would be targeting. Um, and then my team bringing up the rear and it's a similar stitch where uh, I am. I'm, I'm, there's not really long-term outlook or security at all at the quarterback position, right? Like Stafford and Russ could both potentially, you know, be out of the league, not starting hurt benched um, by next year. And that leaves me with just Kyler Murray and my running back situation outside of B. John Robinson is gross. Uh, Dallas Goddard's been a disappointment. Um, the wide receiver position is strong. And I and like to Dave's point, right? Like Dobbs has been a pleasant surprise. Jacoby Myers has been a pleasant surprise. Um, but uh, it's I personally am not excited about my prospects of competing this year, obviously. And I'll I'll probably be looking to move some of my veteran guys uh, for younger more upside guys so if anybody is uh, on the market then reach out
1: really we said powerings but this is just Joe and I uh, like marketing for our teams to come get past it
2: please overall the the kind of like what I meant to highlight the big riser was team crope. Uh, from the initial rankings up from fifth to first. And, I mean, obviously, Team Canelo's dropped pretty substantially down to 11th, and my own team dropped pretty substantially as well. Well, my own team, I didn't have ranked pretty high. Quarterback was always an issue, and unfortunately, in a super flex league, if your quarterback is uh, room is not solidified, then you're in some shit.
1: That is true, unless you somehow have CMC Cup and Brees, but uh, they'll figure it out. Um uh, yeah. But with that, uh, we're gonna move to uh you know the the main event of our power rankings, I like to call it uh the Ryan's Roast ranking. So uh Ryan, uh why don't you take it away?
3: Yeah, so I did have some major updates to my power rankings. Again, like Dave said, mine are geared more towards the teams with the best chance of winning this season. Um So we'll kick it off with number one, Team Crope Dog. Not a huge surprise there. He was previously number two in my rankings, top dog for now. I can't say much about a team that holds the highest score of the season, but he does seem to be panicking. Gave up Cooper for Baker, who rewarded him with six points. Fields was so insulted that he backed him up that he actually decided he didn't want to play this week. So the cracks are starting to show. It'll be interesting to see if he can keep the team afloat.
4: Boom. Roasted.
3: Number two, Mike Dexter is a god. They were previously number three. Uh, as expected, though, locking down the Bills' tight end room did not pay off. Uh, they're sitting at three and three, which is surprising for a roster with Mahomes, Barkley, Kamara, Amon Ra, DJ Moore, Pittman, and so on. The only logical explanation is management, which isn't surprising from the two of you.
4: Boom. Roasted.
3: Number three, I have Dan's team. They were previously number one, still at the top. Uh, but this team was supposed to be anchored by running backs, and it turns out the real strength is their QBs. There are obviously no Allen and Hurts, but Tua and Goff are sitting at three and five on the year, which is real solid. You have to wonder if they'll have any running backs come playoff time, though. Chubb left when he found out Dan's team was actually run by a guy named Matt, Gibbs was so confused on who's running the show that he pulled the hammy. Henry's so fed up that he's giving carries to a rookie. And Taylor held out for so long, he's now splitting carries with Zach Moss.
4: Boom. Roasted.
3: Number four, I have Team Adam Cohen, previously number seven. I don't have confidence in ranking this team number four, but you have the best record of the entire league at five and one. So who am I to judge? Uh, Stroud has played his way to QB number 13 on the year, and that is by far the best QB on your roster. The combination of Daniel Jones and Kenny Pickett has been so bad. It's a miracle. You're not one in five. If winning by 0.16 points in week six tells us anything, it's that you're hanging on by a thread. And I don't have any confidence in a team led by a rookie, uh, without Justin Jefferson.
4: Boom. Roasted.
3: Team Schluter, uh, pretty big rise up from number nine to number five. Uh, Team Schluter has 853 points against, the most in the league.
4: Boom. Roasted.
3: (laughs) Not not much else to say there. (laughs)
4: Uh,
3: Coming in at number six, I actually have our guest here, uh, What's Under the Towel. They were previously number four. You traded away your best QB, though, in Baker Mayfield. Uh, So now you have to ride with Zach Wilson and Geno Smith. It's an interesting strategy that we're pretty sure won't pay off. Uh, and I heard Harrison was going to create a website for the team, but they couldn't string three W's together.
4: Oh, oh, no. oh. oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: number seven. I have myself, Wilkinson finishing co moved up a little bit. Uh, this we
0: had nice a, um,
3: <laughs> <all three> <laughs> You know, Team Wilkinson, we had a horrific week one, but our team has rebounded nicely, crushing Dave's hopes and dreams with a .38 victory in week six. No one knows if our team will score 50 points or 200 points, including us.
4: Boom. Roasted.
3: Number eight, we got Team Scott Rapazzotti, previously number 12, so uh, must feel pretty good to get out of the basement here. The return of Cup was a huge return of hope for your team. If CMC can stay healthy, I could see a playoff push late in the season. Unfortunately, that's a huge if we don't call CMC a crescent roll for nothing.
4: Boom. Roasted.
3: Number nine, I actually have Diamond Dogs here. Joe uh, did move down my rankings, but not all the way to the bottom like he moved himself. So uh, you know, who would have thought mentioning Taylor Swift last time would mean she'd take over the NFL? Uh, and while I'd say that's a good thing for us is, I think we uh we kind of led that charge of the takeover there. That's right uh, we were ahead, yeah, but uh, I would say most NFL fans are not as happy as Joe might be. Uh, I do think your team is better than your two and four record, but you know you'll have to stop relying solely on Jamar Chase he's proven he can't handle it.
4: boom roasted
3: very busy sitting on my team uh, michael thomas just scored a touchdown so <laughs> <Eat it. laughs> you're gonna need it uh <laughs> number 10 i have clark it up uh now clark sauce i believe but uh previously number 11 they're sitting at four and two i'm sure it's a shock to see they only moved up one spot in my rankings but uh i don't have confidence that this team makes the playoffs In week 7, it looks like they're starting Mac Jones and an RB in the Superflex for a projected 89 points. Uh, I almost moved you back down to number 11 after seeing that, but you did beat us, so that has to count for something. And this may be the week you beat us again for the lowest score of the season.
4: Boom. Roasted.
3: Number 11, Hawk Worship, previously Titans drop. Dave, my biggest mover down. Somehow you are four and two, but as I mentioned earlier, your dreams were crushed in week six, and it may go downhill from here. Uh, so much so that you've completely given up, even though your team is sitting in fifth place. Six new guys hit the trade block this week for a total of fifteen guys. The panic is out. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for you, though, no one has made an acceptable deal yet, so you might be riding uh, with these guys if they can stay healthy.
4: Anyone um, roasted. <laughs>
3: And number 12, similar to uh, most people here, Creamerica Industries. Last time I mentioned Kyle, Pitts was playing high and seek with fantasy points, and it looks like that has spread to the rest of your team. I actually don't hate your team, and there is some talent there, but with 660 points on the season, there's no way you deserve anything other than the bottom of the rankings.
4: Boom. Roasted.
1: Man, I need some Neo for those burns. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch! Um, yeah. I always love those rankings, though. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but oh, man, is it that obvious that I'm not gonna compete this year, Ryan?
3: You know, you're you're throwing six guys up on the trade block. It it seems like you've given up. I had to move you down solely just for your confidence.
1: Getting no bites. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, well, with that, um, you know what? Let's just jump into the. DK lineups, this is there a new segment, something hopefully I feel better about, Joe and I need this so we can finally start feeling like we have winning teams going forward. Um, so for the listeners, to give a little update on how this works, we uh, all four of us have created our own DraftKings daily or weekly, whatever you call it for fantasy, uh, football lineups that we're going to compete in week seven. We're doing the main event. Um, so this means that we each pick a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, a flex in the defense. I believe this is full point uh point per reception um, in it. So something to keep in mind. I don't know. Hopefully well, my my guests here uh and, and co hosts knew that going in, uh, or maybe they didn't. To my benefit, uh, and we'll find out. But we're going to go through, name our uh, our lineups, and we're going to track our scores. We'll put it in, and I think we're all what paying, throwing twenty bucks on the side as well. Winner takes all, and uh, we'll ridicule the loser in the league somehow. We'll we'll keep track of uh, who loses. But for all the guests that join, we're going to do this game. Uh, we'll also keep track on for each guest how many of the hosts. So. Me, Joe, and Ryan, how many of us you beat? So did you beat all three of us, only two of us, one of us, or none of us? So we'll see how you guys uh, shape up against your other guests that have been on the pod. Any questions, guys?
2: Yeah, no. Just for those who aren't familiar, there's a salary cap situation on the DFF unlike the DraftKings platform. You probably all know this already, but you have to stay within the cap. You can't just pick any, any, uh, any guys, so... Um, yeah, and we're going to do 20 a week. If there's other guys, if, if, you know, some of you have a higher uh, risk tolerance and you want to throw a little more down, we can make that part of this new weekly segment as well, where we kind of do a little live negotiating of, uh, what the wager w- should be. I don't know if we can bring Adam on this pod. Uh, <laughs> we won't be able to. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, anyway, uh, so first let's, uh, let's name our quarterback. So I guess, Ryan, who do you got a quarterback? Dave, I went with your boy. Uh, Paid
3: $5,500 for Sam Howell. Uh, I decided to to save a little money there for some other positions, but I feel like he's been real solid, and uh, he's playing the Giants this week. So, you know, could score some good fancy points there.
1: I'll jump in because he's my boy, too. You know he's my boy. I also went with Sam Howell for $5,500. So uh, you and I are locked in there. What about you, Joe?
2: I got Geno Smith. I paid up a little bit. I think Geno's Mm -hmm. matchup is a lot more juicy than how, you know, like divisional matchup, Giants defense, probably a little bit underperforming, underrated this season. Maybe that's a lower scoring game. I think Geno at home against uh, an Arizona defense that is probably realizing their full Dookie potential is pretty juicy for me.
1: Uh, I did tinker with Gino many times. uh, So I do like that call as well. And uh, our our esteemed guest, uh, Harrison, why don't you uh, step in and tell us who you got at your quarterback? I also landed on
0: Gino Smith. Love the I also love him because he's on my team. So, (laughs)
1: uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. Not too much variance so far. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then, Uh, Harry, why don't you keep it rolling and tell us what two running backs you got? Sure. So I went with kind of a
0: pseudo stack with uh, Gino. I put Kenneth Walker as my first one. I feel like he's just going to get a lot of He's been catching a lot of balls all year, so it's great for PPR. Um, and he's been a touchdown machine so far this year. So um, I went with him there. And then I also went with uh, Pacheco on Kansas City because uh, they're going to run all over Um Uh, the chargers this week. I think Um, they'll probably get out ahead pretty quickly. And then they'll just be leaning up Pacheco because they cannot pass for shit to their
1: wide
2: receivers.
1: (laughs) 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 Love it. And uh, Joe, how about, how about you? Who'd you get?
2: Yeah. So uh, I too went with Kenneth Walker. I think that was a good move. And honestly, it's a similar, it's a similar theme, right? Like, I mean, Arizona's defense has been bad. Uh, Seattle's at home. I think Seattle's uh, just a, 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 a very good team uh, i was actually looking earlier this week in the uh generous gambling content for those who care um they are even odds right now to make the playoffs and i think that's pretty good value because they are to me they're a playoff team their defense has been good uh their offense started off slow but they they have a lot of weapons so i i like uh seattle and i think this is going to be a good week for them so kenneth walker was a pretty easy one and then I also went with my man, Zach Evans. I felt like for $4,000, that was an, uh, a cheap uh, move with a little bit of upside. And, you know, I, I also spent a, probably a cumulative 200 fab on Zach Evans across all my fantasy <laughs> leagues. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little all in, but I also like the value of $4,000 for somebody who hopefully will be getting the, the bulk of the carries. Absolutely. Hopefully,
0: Miss doesn't uh, eat into that. <laughs> yeah,
1: that that's the only risk. It's like, he should get the work. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm thinking he does as well, but that yeah, was the exactly. only – I went teetered on him because I'm like, well, but what if he does it? I'm usually – I always hit over on it. But if he does, that's like awesome value there. So I think a lot of lineups are going to have Zach Evans in them this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. In your drafting lineup,
0: you got to have something cheap somewhere, so I think that's a good call. You're going to find out my cheap plays. Don't worry. Uh
1: are <laughs> bargain barrel. Uh, right, Who do you have running back?
3: So uh, I actually went with Harrison. I also had Pacheco, um, and then I paired him with Jerome Ford. Uh, kind of middle of a pack, but I feel like he could go off this week. Um, he's had some hit or miss weeks. Uh, since taking over. I know I talked a little earlier about Kareem Hunt, but uh, I don't know. I still I still think Ford gets the work. Yeah, Etienne has
1: so, ran all over them, so I think that's yeah. okay. Etienne's running all over everyone. Stop it, Etienne. Yes. Give it to Trevor. Um, yeah, so uh, my running backs, both of them have already been named. Uh, so I, too, went with Kenneth Walker. Um, I think he has the potential to be the RB1, and even though 7000 is expensive, it's not near the top expense, so I thought that was good value there. That was also the reason why I somewhat did not go Geno. I do. I am concerned that the Seahawks get up a little bit too much and they run more with Kenneth and he gets the touchdowns, and that kind of has been the issue with, I think, with Smith. He hasn't been getting too many touchdowns, and that's capped his value. So kind of why I leaned on uh, away from him and went with Hal. But to your point, Joe, I am concerned about those division matchups. They always are a little overscoring. But Walker, I think, is a smash play. Um, but then I also went with Jerome Ford. Uh, I think he is great value at 5,100 against the Colts. It, even though Hunt scored a touchdown, Ford is the clear lead back. He's leading the targets. He's leading the rushes uh, and the snap percentages. Um, and he's 100% the, the Browns' lead back. Who knows what's going on with the quarterback situation? So I think he's going to get a healthy amount of a touches, maybe north of 20 uh, in this matchup. So I think that could be a smash play now to the wide receiver room i'll jump in first here um i my three wide receivers i started with zay flowers at 5700 um playing against the lions uh you don't run on the lions but you definitely throw on them and i think this matchup has the potential to be a little bit higher scoring uh detroit has been putting up points Goff is playing well and if that's the case uh Lamar is going to have to throw it as well. And Lamar has been throwing a good amount of flowers. It's gotten a, t- a healthy amount of targets. And this is a PR uh, P- P- R- uh point scoring format. So I do think flowers has a lot of value because of that. Even if they're it's shorter, uh, eight, like average dar- depth target, I still think he'll get a lot of points there, but I think he breaks it off and gets in the end zone. Um, I went cheaper on my wide receiver two with Wandel Robinson. I did talk about him before. Uh, 3,800 against uh, the, uh, the Commanders. I almost said Redskins. They don't exist anymore. Um, but uh, I, I think, again, PPR format, he's getting a lot of targets. Um, I think he's kind of matchup proof, as I mentioned. And, Harry, you weren't on the pod, so listen back, and you'll find out my take on Wandel. Um, but I, I think he's a nice safe player. 3,800, I think that's just great value because that allows you to pay up for the sun god – uh, Amaron St. Brown, uh, who is just – I think he had 15 targets or mm, like 12 catches last week. He's going to feast again against uh, the Ravens uh, as well and potentially get in the end zone. Uh, there isn't going to be as much of a run game. Even if they have Gibbs, he's not much of a rusher. So I think they're going to throw a lot in this game. And when they do, it goes to St. Brown. But uh,
2: Yeah. yeah. Road, road Jared Goff, though. Road Jared Goff.
1: He, Goff could be bad and Amaron be good, so the uh, yeah. those are not completely tied in my opinion. Um, but he was on the road last week, and I think it was like the QB four, uh, so we'll see. So it could could be changing. I'm I've been I think uh, in the preseason when I did that game of stats, Goff was the guy who I was like I feel like he's an undervalued quarterback, and so far he's proven it out that way. So I'm, I'm still believing. We'll see, but. Uh, If he does think, then uh, next pod, you can throw the egg on my face. So we'll see. (laughs) Um, But yeah, why don't you jump in?
0: Oh, me? Okay. So I also went with Zay Flowers, too. Um, He just gets like so many targets. It's just like, it's going to be a general theme for all the wide receivers I picked. And they're also uh, decently priced, too, which allowed me to pay up elsewhere um, for Kenneth Walker and the likes um i also went for uh hollywood brown because he nice. may not get the best targets but he gets a lot of them so uh all it takes is a couple of those to hit and um they're gonna be down for sure against seattle is my thought um uh, so hopefully he'll be getting the lion's share of those targets um and then didn't have a lot of money left uh so i went with discount cooper cup puka Nakua. uh he still gets a lot of targets he had a drop touchdown last week um, so that would be, hopefully that is an actual touchdown this week. How much was Puka? 76. 76. Okay. Solid. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I'll jump in. So I have, uh, Keenan Allen, uh, nice. 8,600 for Keenan Allen, but I, this is just, um, more of a necessity type situation. And I feel like this is a game the chargers want to win, obviously against the chiefs, a game where you would expect the chiefs are going to score a lot of points. So I, I, I could easily see this being one of those 15 target games for Keenan Allen and worth paying up because I,
1: I tried to get him in my lineup so many times and just the rest, this didn't work, but I agree. I think he
2: is going to smash. Yeah. So Keenan, uh, then I went DK Metcalf, sixty eight hundred. I know there's a little bit of a, a little bit of risk here, just because you never really know in the Seattle offense, like who's going to get the targets, who's going to get the touchdowns. More often than not, it's actually been Tyler Lockett who scores. Uh, Tyler Lockett's come with get hammy.
1: him, come get him.
2: Tyler, Tyler Lockett's dealing with a hammy this week though, and I I went Gino uh, as the quarterback. So hopefully this will be a big week for. Uh, for DK Metcalf and then uh, wide receiver three 5,100. This might surprise you because I tend to poo poo on this guy quite a bit, but uh, Drake London, who is getting a lot of targets lately. And like uh, we talked about earlier in the pod, Atlanta threw the ball 40 something times last week. It seems like they are uh, opening things up a little bit more for Desmond Ritter, who is atrocious and will definitively throw two interceptions. But as long as, Drake London continues to be his number one read, which he clearly is, then I think there's some value there. So I went with Drake London.
3: Yeah. And I was about to say that there was no overlap, but I also went with Drake London. So he was, (laughs) he was one of my, my guys, I gave him the Ferrari and a trailer park award as well. I feel like the targets are there. So um, I'm hoping he has a good, good week. And then I paid up and actually went for Stefan Diggs. The guy's Mm. just been on fire this year. He has one game with less than 20 fantasy points. The only risk there is that they get too far ahead of New England. New England's been so bad, but uh, I think he still gets his points. So I paid up for Stefan Diggs. And then in my third wide receiver slot, I actually went with Jacoby Myers. Uh, I feel like he's having a pretty good season. And at $6,200, I felt
2: like the value was pretty good. A, a, a lot of faith in brian hoyer i like it <laughs> yeah he's gonna well, get his targets <laughs>
3: uh,
1: myers is the, the does run routes that someone like hoyer would want to throw to so yeah, i, I could see that happening actually that is true. yeah um yeah i like it so we're starting to get some barons here so we won't have a uh, tie across the board that's good um and then at uh Ryan, for tight end flex and defense who do you have so
3: tight end, I went with Mark Andrews. Um, didn't want to pay up for Kelsey, but I don't know. I just feel like I couldn't trust anyone else there. And they're playing Detroit, who is 29th against tight ends. So I'm hoping he has a big game. Flex is where I really went to bottom of the barrel, and I'm just hoping for him to hit. But uh, I went with Jameson Williams, and I'm just hoping he has you know one long touchdown catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was only 3,800, so I felt like you know the chance that he has a big game could happen. And then defense, I went with the Buccaneers. They're playing Atlanta. I know I also picked Drake London, but uh, I feel like Atlanta gives up points to defenses, so
1: threw them in there. All right. I dig it. And uh, I, I do love the Andrews move as well, obviously. I, I went Zay Flower, so I... I... Get in the pass, passing offense in the Ravens, I think, is a smart play this week. What about you, Harry? Uh, for tight end, I went with uh, a guy who also gets a lot of targets.
0: Um, oh, my God. I don't know his first name. Uh, Musgrave. <laughs> Luke, <laughs> Luke. Is it Luke? Luke Musgrave. Yeah, Luke. yeah, I just learned Luke. about this guy last week. So
1: <laughs> Rookie, rookie for the Packers. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, oh, Denver oh. has a really... Really shitty uh, defense against tight ends. So I thought that was really good at 3,300. Uh, that's my bargain of my lineup for sure. Um, again, again, I, I just really like this Seattle Arizona game, and I went with Tyler Lockett. So I've got a double stack going on with Gino. Uh, who knows if it'll be fruitful? Um, hopefully it is. Um, but again, they're going to be tearing up that Arizona uh, defense for sure. And then Uh, After last week, after watching um, uh, Big Blue against uh, the Bills, I decided to go with the Giants' defense. I think they're better than people think. Um, And also Washington uh, divisional matchup. They'll probably Mm -hmm. be a tight game. Um, And Sam Howell just loves to hold the ball, so hopefully get a couple sacks there.
1: Yeah. I think that's a smart call, actually. They, they did look good, even though I do have Howell. Um, doesn't mean both yeah. can't score points there, but I, I, he does get sacked. and a lot of picks
0: from uh, my team this week.
1: I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. their their values on DraftKings. Uh, how about you, Joe? Who do you have?
2: Yeah, so I, too, have Luke Musgrave. Uh, that Denver tight end defense, uh, worst in the league. Uh, any exposure you can really get. I, I, what, I talk about tinkering with the lineup. I really wanted to get Aaron, jo- Aaron Jones in there because I think Aaron Jones is going to feast this week, too. They've been kind of missing him, and it just feels like the right the right time for them to give him 20 carries and a couple targets. Um, but I like Luke Musgrave. They He does get targets. There's probably going to be scoring in that game, so I thought it was a decent opportunity. In my flex, I went with Hollywood as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Again, I think that's going to profile as a situation where the Cardinals are going to need to be throwing the ball. And although uh, the clock may have struck midnight on Joshua Dobbs, uh, hopefully he can get some decent volume for me. I think at $5,300, he gets 10 targets in a game where there's a lot of scoring. That's good value. And then uh, I went with the Raiders defense and special teams um, because the guy who's playing quarterback for Chicago, I literally only heard of when they first brought him in last week. And I consume a lot of football content, <laughs> college and NFL. And this guy, Bagot, ba- 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 like, I don't know. I literally don't know. Uh, Is he French? He's French. The, 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 the ballers were calling him Bilbo Baggett. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's how you pronounce his name, right? I heard his name pronounced differently like show or something somewhere like that. else. I don't know. Uh, he did not look good when he when they brought him in last week. And Oakland's got a, a sneaky good pass rush, and I because of Max looked, Crosby's like a lead. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's very good. Uh, so I think there might be some opportunity for uh, defensive scores in that one. So. Yeah, I went with Oakland or Vegas.
1: Uh, I, I dig it. Uh, that that game is just going to be atrocious for QB play. This. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll, I, don't, I don't want anything in with it. Um, moving for me, uh, tight end, I was not leaving this without Travis Kelsey. I was getting Travis Kelsey in this lineup, uh, paid up for $8,000. He Not only is he always the, the highest-ranked tight end every week, he almost seemingly always destroys – the chargers like every matchup. And this is going to be, again, you are predicting a high scoring matchup. I am expecting a lot of Kelsey in this matchup. So I made sure he was a staple in there. uh, And I think he's going to absolutely smash. Um, But because I paid up for Kelsey and my flex, I had to pay down a little bit. Uh, I needed to make sure I got a stack though. How? So you think Terry McLaurin, maybe can't afford him. Uh, Curtis Samuel, mm, don't really like he, maybe Dotson. No, I don't know. But the guy who's really the stack is Logan Thomas.
2: I got Logan Thomas. I thought you were going go, to go Diami Brown. No, not that low. <laughs> well. uh, not that poor yet. Uh, Logan Thomas, who honestly
1: is one of the target leaders on the team, uh, even though he's a tight end. And I actually think he has a pretty good chance to get a touchdown against the Giants here. Uh, they do seem to like the to throats of the tight end when they get in the red zone. Uh, I love those double puntas, so hopefully uh, that happens uh, in the, that matchup, and with my defense, that left me with one of, if not the best defense in the league against Garner I took the Cleveland Browns. I think there is a very, very strong chance they score a ton of points for defense, either from sacks, turnovers, touchdowns, we'll see, but... I'm going to be shocked if the Colts score too many points against that D that just shut down the 49ers. Um, but yeah, so that's my lineup. How are you feeling, boys? How are you feeling, too. I think I'm going to win.
2: I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it goes. There's just enough uh, overlap, but just a, but just enough uh, kind of random dart throws in there where I think it's going to be fun to follow. And yeah, I the only one who played Zach Evans. I had Zach
1: Evans up until 20 minutes before we started the pod. I, I, <laughs> I'm not again like, he was in my flex and I had, I think, Ravens D instead. And I was like, ah, but I want the stack. Yeah, I think I had like Curtis Samuel and I was like, no, nah, I want to, I want to up Duke. I want to get Wanda because he was now healthy. I was like, yeah, screwed it. But I, I think the Evans is a great, great value play because the Bears D stinks. Oh right, it's uh they're playing the Bears. Am I thinking that uh, wrong Pittsburgh?
2: Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh. Rushing. Excuse me,
1: the Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's it's a funnel. It's a run funnel. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good matchup, and if he gets the like fifteen plus touches,
2: he should be very yeah, very solid. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. But well, yeah. Say, so say, they say that he's fast. So hopefully he'll show <laughs> some aggressiveness. I mean, maybe, maybe break off a couple of runs.
1: Going into the uh, the draft, I mean, I like got of college. He was one of the more highly touted guys, um, but he ended up getting drafted in what the sixth, though. Like he fell just so late. But if you also think about, it wasn't like Kyron drafted in the fifth, so I don't think the Rams care. <laughs> like they they'll make it work. Like um, they want these highly touted guys that didn't test well and, and drop in the draft, and they'll just make them good. So uh, I think there's potential there. With that being said, as we are closing out, uh, a little update. It looks like the Jags are going to win this week, 31-24. Uh, to 24. Uh, Trevor Lawrence did actually end up throwing a touchdown at the end. Uh, so didn't sink my week. He also had 63 yards rushing. So just throwing that out there. Come on, Lawrence. Be good. Um, but any uh, closing thoughts or things you guys are looking forward to uh, in the week other than what? how our drafting lineups produce?
4: I'm very uh, excited to,
0: to-
1: very excited that there's
0: about five people that you guys picked that are on my lineup for this week uh, in my team. So,
4: <laughs> Well, Joe and I have been very
1: cold, so that's not a good thing.
0: <laughs> <Not> a <better. laughs> I haven't done DraftKings in quite some time, uh, so I'm just excited to do that again.
2: Yeah. Should be fun. Looking forward to uh, starting a a long streak of W's against my uh pod mates and the rest of the league. Yeah. Come <laughs> on. Come, come nice and get weekend. us.
1: Come and get us league. You're not you're not taking us out. Um but with that, we're going to start hitting a DJ Dirty Work original to close us out. No, it's not time, it's actually our closing music. Uh now imagine awesome. if I drop time. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. You should find us on Spotify. You. You're here to roast But so. <laughs> so Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the pod. It was a bit of a marathon, but a lot of content. Good luck, good luck in your Week 7 matchups, guys. Thank you for listening to
4: another episode of the NSFW Dynasty.